Welcome everyone. This is day nine of the 21 days live Facebook events. Um, we're discussing the belief in lack and how that creates suffering. I'm just going to wait for some sort of indication that when someone comes online, if the sound isn't good enough, um, just to give me a heads up. I see someone has come online. So what we've been discussing while I wait for people to come online, what we've just to give you a summary. Sound is very good. Thank you so much, Ingrid. Thank you. What we've been discussing until now is the realization of defining imagery and feeling and the feedback. And these past eight days, we have come to the conclusion that all experience, everything that you're experiencing is because you are seeing that perspective, because you have landed on a vibrational platform, that that is the only room in the house that you can possibly see. And now we've come to understand why people can actually express your beliefs, create your reality. And I would like to just narrow it down even, synthesizes even more. It is not your beliefs that create your reality. Your beliefs are your reality. Because without that belief, you wouldn't be seeing it and you wouldn't be defining it and describing it the way you are describing and hence getting the feedback loop to tell you, you are there, you are on this platform, you are in this room, this is your reality, this is your experience. All right? So beliefs are your reality. It is a reality, it's an experience. I don't like using the word reality very often because people just shove it in here and there. This is reality. I know what I'm talking about. What do you mean? This is real. This is real. This is real. And you cannot deny this. And yet people will deny it. They will deny it. If they're sitting at another vibration uh, platform, they will deny the undeniable to others. An example that came up that really got someone so heated up was the reality is to their perspective that you do need, and I don't want to get into any debate today about this, but this was an example that from one person's reality and experience that his reality is that his belief is that if you eat certain foods, you will lose weight. Then there's another perspective. This is a um, lovely couple in Argentina. She's from Spain and lives in Argentina. And there was this beautiful interview, two videos on YouTube. They interviewed this couple. And um, I speak Spanish. I lived in Spain, so I watched it. And they are breatharians. They don't eat. They breathe with their diaphragm, they're scented. And there was this whole hype up of why these people, um, she was pregnant. So, you know, 
all doctors sort of, you know, you cannot, you need to eat, otherwise the baby will die and that's a very bad thing. And so they monitored her, her whole entire pregnancy. And when she gave birth, the baby was breathing exactly like they breathe. And he was explaining that he does eat socially, like if they're invited to dinner, they'll eat, they know how to eat. But the belief that they see from the perspective that they're holding is that they don't require to eat and they're breatharians. And so I started researching breatharians and I, it popped out how many people are on this planet. Um, I don't know how many they are, but it's very, very small. And there's this one a gentleman, he's Afro-American but was born in the UK, he runs marathons and he's a breatharian. He doesn't eat but he runs marathons. And so this perspective, um, that's an experience, that's one reality. But those that don't have that belief will deny the undeniable that these people actually exist. So this is where we're all getting sort of, you know, is it true, is it not true, fake news and, and things like that. Um, fake news, not fake news. It can just blow over, you know, just to make it present that everything that you can imagine exists, exists. Are you experiencing? No. Are you experiencing all of it all at once? No. That isn't the whole point. The whole point is to just notice that what you are currently believing, you're experiencing. Your beliefs create your reality. Your beliefs are your reality. Your reality is you holding on to that belief and you let it go and now it's gone and you hold it on. So those people that believe, believe that this world exists and that we're all separate and that you've got to there's a lot of pain. You've got to have a lot of pain in order to get a lot of gain. Money makes money. These sort of beliefs are there and they're all there. All the perspectives exist. But when you hold on, I hear often the traders say, you need money to make money. Um, in order to make money, you need to have a state of being that is rooted in abundance. If you're not feeling it, you're not seeing it. And this is what I'd like to talk to you about today. Oh, hello, Marie. Oh, my petal. Hello, darling. We're not together at the moment. She's in the United States and I am here in Malta. So, and now you've distracted me. So today I'd like to talk to you about what imagination is how we experience imagination, what it means, from where you're standing. I did, uh, before I begin, I did post a, I saw this beautiful diagram yesterday of this um, image of a, of a face and the brain and the tongue and there was like this sort of electrical cord and it says there, I wish people would connect the brain to the mouth before they speak. And I thought that was just perfect for what we're discussing. Can you now understand when you notice that someone is just blabbing on and describing their current experience and you say, I wish you'd connect your brain to your mouth. Well, they are connected. 
you see, the definition and what they're seeing is connected and that is what they're describing. Isn't this so good to know? Doesn't it feel so much better? Now, what by understanding this for me, what it brought out was this compassion, this noticing that I could notice where they live. They live on that platform. And because they're living on that platform currently in this now moment, I now understand, I now have unconditional love for them because they're only having that perspective and they're seeing things as they're seeing, they're saying what they're saying, is because that's where they currently are. Is that who they are? No. Your feeling isn't who you are. You are the awareness that notices where you are. And that's what, what I am here sharing with you. By conveying this information to you, you become more aware. You become aware of the mind. You become aware of your feelings. You become aware of your definitions and your images. But until now, this is great. So this, yesterday I asked you, become aware of how the feeling actually feels so you can recognize. The beauty of this is that once you become aware of the mind in action while it is defining and imaging and getting a feedback, now you, you can assert yourself in saying, I am aware of what I am saying. I am aware of what I am seeing. And I am aware of the feedback loop of the feeling I am getting. I now understand where I currently am. Now, notice the becoming aware of what you're saying and seeing and feeling is noticing. It is becoming aware of it. Now, one step more. Notice that you're noticing. And this practice, you can do it in the yoga position while you're meditating, while you're walking out and about, while you're driving your car, while you're speaking to people. You are aware of what you're just saying. And you don't need to tell people what you're becoming aware because the moment you start speaking, you're now defining what you're seeing. So that's why they say when you have a goal and when you have a desire of what you truly want to experience, of what you now know that you want to experience, thanking the contrast that you have been experiencing, because if you weren't on platform number 21, you wouldn't know you want to now explore platform number 16. Number four, number two, Number one, you don't have a point of reference, but the point of reference from one location to another, now you know how to get there. How? By becoming aware of how this feels and by becoming aware of how that feels. So not enough of this makes me feel that. Well, how would that make me feel? imagination comes in. So this morning, um, again, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. I must ask her if I can mention her name. 
um, we have different time zones. So she's in the United States. I'm in Malta. So when I wake up, she's about to go to sleep. And vice versa. And these conversations always take place in my morning. So what had occurred to me that something, an event is about to happen here in Malta in February. And my mind said, wouldn't it be nice if those two people would meet and it would be really great to see them having this conversation. And in my mind, I said, oh, I should make that happen. Let me call them and tell them about this great idea I've just had and that they should speak. And I noticed the feeling of contraction, making that happen, making that happen, making that happen. And I realized that the imagery of seeing these two magnificent people meeting and discussing these beautiful projects together made me feel good. And it occurred to me in that moment, I said, hang on a minute. You know what? I'm going to imagine this more and get juicier and juicier than just hopping onto the phone and making it happen. Can you feel the difference? Making it happen. I've got to make this happen. I've got to control this. I've got to make it happen. And the illusion, the delusion of the mind, that the mind actually thinks, because that is all the mind can do is think, that it is the author, it is the protagonist of the event that's about to take place. And this is furthest from the truth. Your mind doesn't make things happen. You, as this character, as the painting, has never made things happen. We've just said it. Your beliefs create your experience. Your beliefs are your experience. So imagination, the imagery... The imagery will come forth from where you are on the platform. And this is where I want to get clear. I don't want you to get confused. When you are on a platform, you are defining and you're seeing what you're seeing. So when an imagination comes through, it's like a trailer that comes in in between the movie and says, hey, you have just temporarily released a belief. You didn't notice that. But this imagination of something that lives on another platform, you've peeked through it, you managed to see it. And then you grip that belief again, and now you can't see it. But now the mind says, hang on, I remember seeing that. Let's make that happen. It was just a moment that, in a moment of least resistance, that you didn't have this opinion of a belief, Imagination is what happens when you get out of your own way. So when you notice that you're noticing something different from your normal environment, that's imagination. You've just had a glimpse of something that exists on another platform. And you got excited. Why? Because the feeling that you're feeling from that platform felt like that. It felt exciting because now it is representing, it's giving you a feedback loop of what you've just temporarily seen on another platform. But then you come back here and you say, but this is where I predominantly believe this. So what, an, what imagination does for you is that it allows you to have the sneak preview and then all of a sudden you're back here again and you're saying, hello, why didn't I just stay there? Well, you do need to do one thing before we move there. 
there is a belief you're holding on to that's giving you this experience. Will you let it go? Will Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to sacrifice this belief, darling? Are you? Are you? If you let go of that belief, you may go there. You will just spring forth there. You will release it there. And then you say, well, what hell of a belief am I holding on to? Aha. Uh -huh. Now you're noticing you're wanting to see it. What am I believing that's keeping me in this experience? Because I've just had a glimpse that I really like it over there. Okay? That's what desire and imagination is there for. You've now had a, the desire came up that you really, really, really want to see this thing that you're not seeing. So that was like a building up of this energy. And all of a sudden now there's imagery of the sensation that wants to go there. But you can't move until you realize what belief is currently holding you here. This morning, oh, there you are. Renault was um, sending me a message that he had a realization. He noticed that he had a belief or had various beliefs of what his actions were asking him to do. And just by seeing that, he, he expressed that he had a form of a sort of relief. He felt lighter. He felt more expansive. He felt he wasn't being burdened by that one belief. And you see, the belief really is not the bad guy. It's just allowed you to have that experience. So this is where compassion comes in. How can you hate any of it? And when you're hating something or you're disliking something or you're saying no to something, you're literally saying yes to its opposite. So when you say no to this, you're automatically saying yes to something else. So when you walk around the world and you watch everyone living on different platforms, as awareness, you're noticing other people. You're here in the now. You're not stuck on a belief. You're just openly heart. Your heart is open to just want to notice. This is meditation out in the world with your eyes open. But you're not hooked onto any platform. You are just being. Being, noticing. Noticing is being, noticing. When you're just noticing, you've given up your sense of self. You're not focused on you. You're not focused on the painting. You're just being. That's why being out in nature just automatically does it for you. But if you're not aware that you're just in being state, you're in being state more than you think. Because thinking doesn't identify your being. The feeling will give you that message. When you are noticing your feeling, you now know where you are. Thinking will not give you that. When you're in thinking, you don't even know what you're doing. People can drive and be so in thought that they're not aware of having driven half an hour all the way home. Because their awareness was all wrapped up in the belief, in the thoughts. And the reality of it, the actual experience, was oblivious. The driving in the car all the way home. So, 
So all of these expressions and the sharing with you is to literally show you the noticing factor. You are that which notices. I am now aware of my thoughts. Hmm. I am now aware of the way I feel. Hmm. I am now aware that I'm aware. I'm noticing that I noticed. So the noticing of noticing thoughts has become my highlight. Because the more you notice, the more you allow the energy, the more you allow awareness to come through and allow you to feel the indication of what now is your current platform. Because you're always moving on to a different platform. And there are infinite and eternal levels of platforms of different frequencies. The moment you shift the frequency just a little bit, you're on another platform. Just slightly, just slightly. And then there's plus zero plus one, zero plus two, zero plus three. And they just get, your experience is different. You're feeling slightly lighter. Now, the ones that you feel so much more exhilarated about is that when you have these, You've had these stories that people can tell you. They've had these extraordinary shifts that they were on like platform number 22 and all of a sudden they found themselves on platform number four because they released it and they just went. And now they're feeling exhilarated, exhilarated because that amount of energy was just, you know, you were, this is what you were used to slowly. And now the energy is so much faster and you can feel the exhilaration, you know, like a child that gets on to a roller coaster for the first time. It's like it just went from zero to 100 and like, it's, ah, I'm screaming and it's just, a, and you've done, you've gone on the roller coaster like 400 times before this poor child and you're like, yeah, it was fun. Different, very, very different. So sometimes a realization will feel exhilarating and sometimes a realization will just be like, thunk. you know, you've just sort of shifted slightly. But again, all realizations are significant because whether you're moving what you call slowly or whether you're moving faster, it really doesn't matter. It's, you're bound to have a different experience. So all realizations are like now my um, my, my excitement, what will I realize today? What will I say today that I've never heard myself say before? How can I get more and more poignant? And just like Renault, in Renault's um, example, like he began, um, he's a trader, so we began chatting a few days ago, um, maybe last week, and, um, and then I started doing these 21 days. So he's been meditating for five or six days. Do you need all the time and the just by following these those seven misconceptions and inquiring into them and inserting in your daily practice meditation and now noticing and this will be the second daily practice notice when you are spontaneously imagining you're imagining the imagination will come to you it's like you've just you can't make things like that happen because when you want to sit down and say okay I don't have enough money I'm going to imagine I'm going to imagine myself 
with this amount of money. You're doing that through the mind. That's not going to another platform. That's not a peak in another platform. You've got to be out of yourself, meaning you can't be in character. You cannot be in character and try and imagine. Imagination is communication from your higher self, from your source, from the point of reference. That's just, it, that's always been sending you these information of what the other platforms look like. It's, all, it's constantly got the trailer going. Let's put it that way. All right? But when are you in a moment that you can actually perceive it, notice it? In order to notice, noticing occurs as awareness. Noticing does not occur as the mind. Have you realized that when you're thinking, you're not noticing? When you're in character, there is no noticing. When, as noticing, you are rested in awareness. When you notice the mind, you are now awareness of the character. So that means you're not gripped on a belief. And that is what it means to be above yourself. That would mean to be out of your character, out of your mind. You are out of the mind. You do not identify with the mind. You are out of your mind. In that moment, you are out of the belief that you are this character. That's why meditation is the only entry point. That's why you're breathing. There's a certain way you breathe, and there's lots of things that happen into your body, which I'm not going to get into these 21 days. I might do another series of that, but there are so many things. Your pineal gland, the way you breathe, there's so many chemicals and things that need to change in your body every time you move. Your body will change. But by meditating, you are saying, I want to stay home a bit where I feel re-agenized and I can see and I can notice. When you start to notice how you feel, notice how you're feeling, notice how the feelings feel, in this experience now you've become a master now you've got that's the information you want because if you can identify how the feeling of lack feels like and then you can identify how the feeling of abundance feels like or you can identify how the feeling of freedom feels like when you are feeling the feeling of freedom when you are feeling the feeling of abundance when you are feeling the, free, the feeling of empowerment, what does that mean? It means that right here, right now, you have feedback that you are on this platform. Now, open your eyes and look around. How are you defining? You will be defining with words that are equivalent to the way you feel. You will be seeing equivalent to this vibrational texture, to this vibrational frequency. You can only define and see to how, where you are. 
So everything you want, you want to feel. And imagination will always guide you, always guide you here. It is literally a trader saying, this is what you will experience if you reach here, when you reach here. But what do you need to sacrifice? The belief you're currently holding on to. So there are beliefs and there are so many beliefs and there are always one opposing the other. Duality. Welcome to the dualistic world. So the dualistic world gives you sort of this binary diversified thing. So when you agree with a group of people and say, I agree that this is good and that is bad, and we've all come to decisions that um, it's good. Oh, an example, an example. What example can we give? An example. Oh, this one here. So there's a group of people that says, um, you should go to the shelter and um, and adopt a dog. You shouldn't buy a pedigree. Then there's another group of people that say they have the belief you shouldn't adopt a puppy. You should adopt an elderly dog. You should allow the dog to have, you know, his last years of his life, his last months of his life, not stuck in a shelter but in a nice, loving home. And then there are those people that just don't like dogs. And then there's those people that think dogs are dirty animals and should be shot dead. And then there's those people that um, have no opinion about dogs. They don't care for dogs, but they don't hate them, but they don't love them either. It's like, it's irrelevant. Whatever you want to do with dogs, let it do. So what I'm trying to say here is that there's such a different perspective of what is right. Can you actually write what is the right thing to do? From Source's point of view, it's unconditional love, meaning that it will not push ever against one or the other. Everything is happening at the same time. If those people that hate dogs didn't exist, you wouldn't be able to love a dog. It's like my grandfather always used to say to me when I was a little girl, she used to say, what came first, the egg or the chicken? And that was an impossible question for me to answer. And it occurred to me now that you can't have one without the other. They exist simultaneously, happening at the same time. You can't have an egg without a chicken, and you can't have a chicken without the egg. So can we have, if you hate war and you love peace, and you say, oh, that's a good one, how can you love war? But if I push against war, if I push against war, and I push against war, and you push against war, and you have a belief about wars, and you go into discussions about wars and why we shouldn't have wars. How does that feel? It's all about the feeling. If you hate wars, now you've got that. I, I hate, the belief is, 
wars should not exist, even though the belief sounds very, very tempting to believe. But what will the feedback give you? Source is not hating, it's unconditional love, and so are you. When you're hating something, now you're on that platform with all the other haters. The only way that you can assist war, that you can assist peace, is by loving, by not fighting it, by not holding on. The more you hold on to the belief, I hate war, honey, that's exactly the experience you will be having, is the hate. So, the paradox here that you would say to the mind is that if you don't hate war, you'd automatically love peace. And by loving peace, you wouldn't have the experience, the definition, and the imagery, and the feeling of war. War wouldn't exist anymore for you. Just like stupid people do no longer exist for me because they don't remind me of that awful feeling of I'm not good enough, I'm not important enough. They have ceased to exist in my reality. And if everyone awoke to their importance and to how magnificent they are, they too would not walk around around this world identifying stupid people. Stupid people have never existed, but I was very much aware of them because that is what I was feeling. So we're not going to ever agree on anything because the moment you fight against something, like one of my realizations lately was I had an issue with undisciplined. If you're not disciplined, if you don't have a plan, if you don't have a goal. So Undisciplined people, to me, there was a form of resistance. I didn't feel good. And so I thought to myself, why am I pushing against undisciplined? Things should be disciplined. I'm disciplined, you see. So I decided I'm going to experience a day of being undisciplined. I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm not going to do my daily routine. I'm just going to hover around and be undisciplined. I'm going to have dessert instead of lunch. I'm now going to, I'm not going to shower today. I'm going to, I don't know, I'm like, it was just like, I'm not going to follow this discipline. And to be honest with you, being undisciplined, it just, I sort of made peace with it. So I don't need to really struggle. So when I do see people undisciplined, I now understand they're just temporarily on a vibrational platform having an experience. And it's not my, not my place to even do anything or say anything or make things happen. I can lovingly understand and the compassion and hold the space. That's another word that uh, often you hear everyone say, hold the space that I can see them at a higher form where it's comfortable for me to see them. I understand why they are there. They're having an experience. Why should it trigger me? Disciplined, undisciplined. Like shy people, my mind would say, oh, they must be in so much pain because they're not speaking. They're shy. They must be so embarrassed, blah, blah, blah. Let's help them. So the undisciplined and the shy were two of my things lately that I've come to realize. And the binary stance, you don't need to agree with one or the other because 
that will keep you separate by refusing, refusing to let go of a belief. The moment you disagree with something, and this is why I really wanted to place this whole thing around the seven misconceptions so you can become a little bit more softer with yourself, that when you are not condemning someone, you can... The moment you let go of the condemning of one thing instead of another, you've released that belief. You now understand you're more compassionate, you're unconditionally loving. They are just having their experience. They're defining, they're seeing, they're feeling their platform. I don't need to push against anything. I don't need to convince them to see things my way. You can't get them from their platform to your platform unless they're asking the question. Remember, you can't think for anyone else and you can't feel for anyone else. You can inspire them. How? Not by pulling at them. Like, I'm not pulling at you. I just show up. I do these videos. I've connected with the intention of wanting to see clarity for me and for everyone else. And some people will come on and find this inspiring. Other people's will, people will just pop on and say, this is a load of crap. And obviously there's a belief on one of those platforms that says this video is not in alignment with my beliefs. Therefore, the mind must do what? It must fulfill the feeling of this is not good enough because it, that person is currently living on the platform where that's exactly what he believes or she believes about herself. I'm not good enough and I need to find things that are not good enough so I can fulfill that self-fulfilling feeling, thinking and seeing platform. It has to keep self-sustained in order to keep living out the same character, in order to keep living in the same painting. Do I hate those people? How can I do that? How can I possibly have anything to do? If you're not smiling, I don't like you, you have to be jolly-go-lucky, happy all the time, and you're part of the group, come on in. So that means every time I'd go out and see someone that's sad, now I've, I've just been triggered. I keep repeating that over and over again because it's only through repetition it'll sink in, sink in, sink in, notice more, notice more. What is the point of pointing fingers? You're not going to make anyone right at any point of time. But what I do do, what I do do, is I imagine, I allow myself after meditation or during meditation or while I'm walking around what it would actually be like as the level of consciousness keeps rising and rising and rising. And I must say that at the beginning, it felt a bit difficult to even go there. And I just said, okay, it's feeling difficult. I'm not going to try and make anything happen. I'm going to imagine more. So imagination has become my daily routine. I dedicate some time to imagination. It normally happens just before I fall asleep because I've lived out my day, I've had my experiences and so I go to bed and I read a few pages and then I'm just ready to doze off 
and I'll dedicate five or six minutes to just imagining. Just for the sake of imagining. And it occurred to me, that's what I used to do as a little girl. As children, we all used to do that. Because children don't have a strong sense of an identity yet. It, they don't have an imagery of this is who I am until the age of 12. I don't know if anyone has realized, but I have put it in the file section in the Kusula Consulting group of the different uh, vibrational frequencies of children. If you have children or know anyone that does have children, send them that document because it sort of highlights and you can get to understand how your child is actually seeing the world from their perspective. So, imagination. The imagination that you can actually enjoy is when you're not playing out your character. When you don't come into the picture, your situation doesn't come into the picture, your bank account doesn't come into the picture, your sense of worthiness doesn't come into the picture, your job doesn't come into your picture, other people, what other people think about you doesn't come into the picture, your whole sense of identity cannot come to this party. Because imagination is a pure communication between you, where you currently are, and source. And you're basically just wanting to step back and just have a look. Like, this is what I've experienced. What would it be like? You've got to sort of express the intention. And you turn the light. You turn your conscious attention. Interest. You're now interested in pursuing the investigation of what it would feel like. And that's a bit what we do when we plan our vacations. You know, you've lived in the city all your life. I used to live in Milan. Um, very, very busy, 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 busy city. And in August, the city just closes down and everyone's off to the beach. Like, try to go to Milan in August. There's nobody there. <laughs> everyone's off to the beach because their whole time is like, you know, what is the country? Busy, busy city. I want to go to the beach. And then you go to the beach in August in Italy and it's just overcrowded with a lot of people. So one says, you know, the city is a bad thing and the beach is the right thing to do in the summer. So they've made one, one, one thing bad and or the other thing good. Okay, and the imagination of what that would feel like, they're not up to speed with, they didn't imagine it. They tried to make it happen. So now they get to the beach and now they're living the same feeling of being cramped on top of one another, paying for this piece of chair, plastic chair to lie on and trying to, it's just a nightmare. When you're trying to do everything from the mind, the imagination doesn't come out with the same thing because you're not having the feeling. You've got to get up to speed with the feeling of that imagery. 
So what I see a lot of people getting hooked up on is that I had an imagination out of a spare moment of I wasn't engrossed in myself, I wasn't engrossed in my situation, I wasn't engrossed in my platform, in my painting. I had this moment of a vision of what it would be like um, and then all of a sudden I have this desire. You have this peak view and then boom, you come back as your character and the mind says, I'm going to make that happen. But there's no attention, noticing of how different you felt when you were imagining it and how different you feel now. And now there's that seek of, I now need to go recreate that image in order to feel that way. It's the other way around. You need to now recreate the feeling in order now to be rendezvousing with that image again. What you can do right now under any circumstances, you can reach for the feeling. You can reach for the feeling. Notice. By noticing what belief you're currently hooked onto and you unhook. So in order to have that experience of your desire and the imagination you've just had, that beautiful inspiration imagining. So now you've had an imagination of another platform. Now you know perfectly well. What would the perspective be of me standing there? How would it be different? What perspective should I be believing instead of this one? These are interesting questions. That's why self-inquiry is so powerful. Just like Renaud did, he asked himself the question. He meditated. So if you understand the reverse engineering, it is the feeling that tells you where you are. Not the mind. It is the feeling that tells you where you are. Not the mind. How do you know you're on another platform if you don't recognize the feeling? You don't recognize the shift. I am certainly feeling a lot different than I used to feel in 2012. I look at photographs of 2012. I can't even imagine the feeling back then. It is not in the direction I'm going. You only know where you are by recognizing the feeling. So spend more time noticing how you feel than what you're thinking if you're not enjoying it. You are not the mind, you're not the body, you are not this character. This time, next year, this character probably looked different. Because if you're doing this every single day, you're noticing how you're feeling, you're noticing how you're feeling, you're building up that expectation that something extraordinary is about to happen. Because there's no way that if you, if you, the way you're feeling is changing, there's no way you're going to have the same definitions and the same imagery. Things are bound to see differently. These are the three elements of your experience. When you, as you define it, imagery and feeling.
sensation. That's it. That's it. And the sensation is your indication of where you are. That's it. And where you are will open up the doors to that experience. You'll go out and you'll look at how you're defining. You'll notice what you're saying yes to and you'll notice what you're saying no to. <gasps> I've just noticed. I've said no to that. That didn't make me feel good when I said no. Oh, but Raph, everyone agrees with you to say no to that. But hang on, I've noticed it didn't feel good. It didn't feel good. And this is happening within you. So I come home and I write down that trigger. I said no to something and it felt awful. What was the emotion? It felt awful. What must I be believing then? Because if I don't see this belief, darlings, I'm going to live here a very long time. But if you realized, you noticed it didn't feel good, do you want to live here a very long time? Because that belief will keep coming up. You will find something, a similar scenario, that you'll say no to it again. And then you'll come to the conclusion, oh darn it, I wish these people didn't exist. I wish they'd be eliminated. So when I walk outside, I don't see them. And so if I don't see them, I don't get triggered. And that's how the mind works as its logic. Let's just eliminate these people. So I don't see them when I walk outside and I don't get triggered. I'll be happy. No, you won't be happy because happy platform is over there, darling. You have no idea what that feels like. That is furthest from the truth. That is a lie. That's a misconception. It is not true that you believe that if I'm not feeling this pain, I am happy. That is not true. If you're stuck to this belief, you cannot feel abundant. If you're stuck to the lackful belief, you cannot feel abundant. And even if you don't see bank accounts, no one triggers you about money, but you still hold to it, you won't be feeling abundant. You'll still be feeling a sense of emptiness, a sense of it won't be abundant. People can try and protect you as much as you want. But you will still be feeling the absence of abundance until you hold still to strong to this belief. The belief that creates the suffering. That's what we're talking about. What belief do you are you holding on to that's allowing you to have the experience of, of pain, of lack, of suffering? Which one is it? Can you see how futile the whole action thing of going around and trying to control circumstances so you try and avoid feeling lack? Isn't that exhausting? Well, on that note, I think I'll leave it. Let you just imagine that. We will have an episode on inspired action and what that feels like. It is very different. Inspired action doesn't even feel like action. It shouldn't even be given that name. The action that you're all accustomed to <clears throat> is translated in, I've got to make this happen. I've got to make this happen. And that's how the mind is describing your sense of worthiness. 
Because if you don't make it happen, then you're worthless. Is that a belief worth keeping? I've just said, if your beliefs create your reality, if your beliefs are your reality, are you ever making anything happen? You're making it happen in a different way, not as the mind thinks. The way you're actually making it happen is that you become aware of the way you feel. You turn your attention towards that desire, towards that imagination. You've tuned yourself up with it, and now you're getting to experience it. Now you're experiencing it. Now you're experiencing it. So now definitions will describe this new platform. You will see this new platform and you will feel that you're on the platform of your desire. So that's what a desire is. It's asking you, come this way. Become the person that lives here. The desire is asking you to become the person that you want to become. Becoming. That's what it's all about. Becoming different versions of you by holding different perspectives, different beliefs. But you cannot hold on to your whole list of beliefs that you've had since you were 21 and saying, this is who I am, and then expect to have different experiences. No, darling, it doesn't work like that. You can't hold on to this and then expect to have a different experience. That's why all perspectives are all beautifully accepted, and then you just, belief gives you a perspective. This perspective I am now holding and conveying with you is what I see. Nobody is wrong and nobody is right. They're all equally right and wrong depending from where they are. Can I get mad with one or the other? And you say, the murderer, you're not going to get mad with the murderer? Darling, these are all experiences. Experiences. Who you really are is awareness. But that's way down the rabbit hole. So we won't get into it. But there was a beautiful story of... I'm only going to take two seconds more. But there was this beautiful story of this mother. And her son was um, killed by his best friend. They got into a very nasty argument. And um, while he was in court and being condemned to his life in prison... She was so angry and so angry and so angry and she said to the judge, please just give me one moment before you take him away. I just need one moment with this man. She was devastated that her son had been murdered by him. And when she was, they left him in this room and as she walked into the room, he was in utter despair and so wanting forgiveness but he knew that what he had done was unforgivable and unlovable and he just stood there and saying, let this woman do whatever she pleases with me. That was the emotion, that was the feeling of just complete surrender. And all this woman could do was just wrap her arms around this man. And she cried and they cried. And to this day, she visits, visits him in prison. And they have a mother-son bond. And I know that for some minds, this will sound ridiculous. But unconditional love is just that. And you'd think that the existence of this man that was murdered and that whole situation was there as the experience 
for her and him to wake up to who they really are. Sometimes these experiences play out pretty, pretty dramatic movies, darlings. But that was just an expression to just allow you to realize that whatever is, is happening is for your benefit, is for you to wake up to who you really are, to notice that you are the noticing, to notice that you are awareness, to become aware of being aware of being awareness. Have a magnificent day, lovies. I shall see you tomorrow.